Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSE podcast. Uh, Steve and I, was we were talking about uh, getting ready for this podcast, I, I said, man, is that going to be really controversial for us to talk about that? <laughs> and, and just my question about uh, that is actually kind of an indication of some of the baggage that I have from a lifetime about this issue. Isn't it interesting? Mm-hmm. I'd be really, how are, how are our listeners going to receive that? Ah, a little, I don't know. <laughs> And you can see by the title, right? Your chosen path of sexual experience, healthy or unhealthy, connecting or disconnecting. So we wanted to talk today. This comes up a lot in our therapy work with our clients, uh, obviously our couples work and this whole concept of, you know, what is healthy versus not in our sexual relationship as a couple. Yeah. Uh, We did a podcast sometime back called uh, healthy versus toxic sex. And so there's going to be a lot of things uh, that we don't have time to go into on this today. So we refer you back to that Mm -hmm. healthy versus toxic sex. Great podcast to go back and review. So let's, so, so what are the, what are the boundaries as a couple? How do we get into this space of figuring out together what is healthy and not healthy for us sexually? Mm. Well, the first thing we've got to address with regard to that issue, and this is tough for us as guys. um, I don't know where you're at listening. If you're, heavy, deep in addiction, or if you're, if you're just coming out of it and early in recovery or long time in recovery, one of the things that you have to begin to face is all the things that you bring quote to the bedroom, Mm, right? We've talked in past podcasts about this thing called an arousal template. All that means is what is the wiring in my brain over a lifetime of experience that says what turns me on and what doesn't what are my sexual preferences and what all, what are not? Yeah. This whole grab bag of stuff that's inside me has been added to over lots and lots and lots of years. And if you're not willing to admit that and be open to it and bring it to the discussion as a couple, you're going to find that you get stuck, especially Absolutely. we as guys, right? And so all the places this programming, as I call it, came from, um, you know, the obvious pornography viewing, you know, for me, hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of exposures 
over, you know, 25, 30 years, you don't think that that had a dramatic impact on what I brought to the bedroom with my wife. Oh, you better believe it. And what I expected and what I was modeling and, you know, all of this stuff, Um, peers, things that happen, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the, the school locker room and all the sexual discussions that took place that that kind of stuff has an impact stuff. I saw my parents do or not do things that were modeled to me that were, that were healthy and unhealthy, mostly unhealthy in my case. Yeah. That of course comes in Steve. Yes. There's lots of others. What other ones come to your mind with regard to the, all this stuff we bring to that setting? Yeah, I mean, when we're talking in this context of addiction, you know, on the addict side, there's there's kind of the more popular ones that you're mentioning, right? Uh, but there are also there is also another side to this as well. It isn't just because it, it's no secret, right? And we talk about this often that, for example, pornography that can severely alter the arousal template, right? It creates new, I guess, sexual norms for lack yes. of a better better way to put it, right? That sends the message that like, oh, this is what I should expect in the sexual experience or this is what I should feel, or this is what we ought to be doing. Right. And so, and a lot of those are either unrealistic or unhealthy or toxic or any number of other things um, that will all, all of which will set you up for a dissatisfying actual sexual experience regardless. Exactly. But there are the other less common ones too. So for example, and this applies, this doesn't just apply to addicts. This also applies to spouses, right? Uh, religious sources is an important mm. one to be considering when it comes to this, because it isn't just a warping too much of, like pornography, where it's oftentimes into the extreme, where it pushes people outside their comfort zone, right? This is this the way the way this arousal is cultivated can also be formulated or influenced by religiosity, you know, that might be toxic, right? Um, oh, we we work with clients, for example, and and this can even dial down to sometimes in some cases like a lack of knowledge or misunderstanding of things. We work with clients, for example, where where spouses, female spouses of addicts have never experienced an orgasm in their marriage ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's been, and they've been married five, 10 plus years. Um, tragic is, is really what that would be. Right. And so it, it, there can be, and also a lot of like shame, right. Can accompany the religious side a lot and, of shame, and what's expected. Right. And, and on all that stuff. So there's lots of things to keep in mind when we talk about the arousal template. And today, yeah, the goal is to, is to figure out, especially for you recovering couples, right? How do we take what would be a difficult, hard to navigate topic for a couple that hasn't experienced betrayal? And how do we navigate that with a betrayal dynamic where trust maybe is at a low, right? Suspicion might be high. There are a lot of hurt feelings. There are probably more triggers than typical, right? How are we going to navigate this and bring, for for me and my wife, this is one of the biggest challenges of recovery and we did not expect it right? How do we bring back healthy sexuality? You know, we yeah. just kind of assumed if we did recovery, right, that would just sort of happen. Well, and we, and we you, you say, how do we bring it back? Uh, we, 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 in many cases, never had it. Yes. Absolutely. I know that was the case for me. We never yeah. had it from the, from the, you know, dating honeymoon forward, never had it. Yeah. You know, because other things we didn't mention, you know, trauma can be in this mix. If you had sexual trauma growing Absolutely. up, uh, you know, as a kid, past sexual experiences before the one that you're the, you know, the marriage or, or partnership that you're in now, mm-hmm. you know, you bring all of that with you and it has this incredible um, impact. It could be uh, your, your, the relationship you're in now, how has that relationship uh, been navigated, the path of it from the past itself? Yes. We may have caused trauma to each other 
mm-hmm. right before we got to this place. Yeah. And so I love what you said, Steve. How do you take a topic that's already difficult for quote healthy couples? Mm-hmm. And now we're going to navigate it with couples where, you know, there's there's addiction, there's you know, the the uh, disclosure day, there's trauma, there's there's all of this stuff. And now we're gonna have that couple navigate it. Yes. Well, and and especially, you know, you talk about past trauma, but we recognize too that for a lot of couples, it's current trauma, meaning current. it might be. I mean, I, I work with clients where part of their D-Day, their disclosure day was as a result of something that happened for them as a couple, you know, yes. sexually. And so this so for a lot of couples, that's this difficulty is even more amplified because what we're talking about is kind of going back and trying to take what has become sort of an emotional ground zero and somehow make it something healthy and connecting and safe again. Yeah. So, you know, you know so, so how, do, you know, it's coming together as a couple to talk about, here's the tough part, because mm-hmm. I was taught you don't talk about it. You never <laughs> yes. talk about it, right? Yes. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Yeah. But now we're saying you start to open up yourselves as a couple to talk about what is safe, what is not mm-hmm. safe, what is comfortable, what is not comfortable. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I think yeah, that starts with exploring and being in touch with your own individual sexual preferences. Mm, yes. Sounds like an obvious one, but a lot of people try to have this discussion without taking the time to figure that part out first. So right? what is, what is sex for me? Yes. What is it? What isn't it? What does it represent? What does it represent? Right. What are what are its what are, what biases do I have? What lens am I looking at it through? Mm-hmm. Those are all really important, you know, topics. I mean, for me, before I was married, I had, geez, before I was married, probably a decade of deep pornography addiction. Yeah, and and I'm just going to call it what it is was for me: self sex, mm-hmm. right, masturbation. I was the be all end of end all for myself. Sure. Now I bring all that. And now suddenly I'm in a relationship. Yes. Well, I need to look at that. Mm-hmm. How does that impact me suddenly having another person that's now in this? You know, you bring up a good point, right? And that's something, and it brings up a couple of elements. One of which I'm glad you mentioned that, Mark, because when you were talking, when we're talking about, for example, porn addicts, you know, for, for a lot of the guys that we work with, sex has become both emotionally, but also just based on the experience itself, like as it being a solo experience, it's become an, this isn't the right term for it. Cause this is more of a clinical thing, but a, a narcissistic or, or self, self, very self-centered. Yes. Right. Experience. Yes. Literally and figuratively. Right. Yeah. For the, for those who have been, like you said, it's been a decade of just me and myself. It can, I work with a lot of guys. I know you do too, where it's actually kind of unnerving to think about real sex. Right, like whoa, 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 whoa! Like, oh yeah, risky, vulnerable. There's another person. I don't get to dictate every aspect of it for my ultimate pleasure. Yes. Suddenly, I've got to negotiate and collaborate and come to a common ground, and you know, a meeting in the middle. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in addiction, we throw our hands up in the air and say, "Forget that. That's way too hard. I'm just going to go back to solo." (laughs) Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so you can see that you know we're not even covering this all. As as you know, we. We won't cover everything on this podcast today. Um, we do explore these topics, you know, pretty in depth in our Dare to Connect program. Uh, for more information on that, as always, you can check out uh, daretoconnectnow.com. Uh, we do a lot of interactive work on topics like this, but we want to at least get you guys kind of started on this topic. And, and yeah, so the to first part of first part of your assignment that we give you is step back and do some. I would encourage you to do some journaling. Mm-hmm. Write it down. 
really take an assessment or an inventory about where you are sexually. Yes. What has sex been for you? What's, what does the past look like? What kinds of attitudes and paradigms and perspectives have you formed? What are you what, wanting it to become? And then also, yes. And what do you want it to evolve into? Where would you like yeah. to see it go? Ideally, you need to take some time to really explore that for yourself, man or woman. Look at that is in, in, in as much depth as you can, because what happens now, if you'll do that hard work, and, and again, it's not going to, well, some guys say, yep, I took 20 minutes and I, I mapped all that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> we're talking, you know, take a good solid week and, you know, come at it three, four five times of journaling to really get down to the, to the depth of it. And, and both of you as a couple do that individually. We call that your individual work. Cause yeah. now what's going to happen in the, in the couple discussion, you're going to bring that quote, personal research with you. Mm-hmm. And that is critical. Yep. And then once you've got that, right, once you've started to formulate that out, that's where you kind of take it to, you know, the next step here. And we'll talk about an assignment that'll kind of naturally flow from what Mark just mentioned. Right. But uh, this is where you actually take what you have discovered about yourself, that awareness Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, once, as it becomes safe now, huge asterisk there. Cause again, we have a broad range of listeners and as lots it of becomes stages. safe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Make sure that you guys are in a place in your relationship where this is a safe topic or at least safe enough to open the dialogue and be, and come ready to begin to discuss and to share right with your partner what this is because you have your own individual vision of both where you're at, where you want to go, right. And what makes you tick, but it's important that each couple ship figures out the answer to those same questions, right. For the two of them. And I would say that the number one place to start with that, and we can't emphasize this enough is patience and empathy. Oh my gosh. So true. Right. Talking about and experiencing sex with a partner is like for Steve and Mark, we've talked about this before. It's like a take the shoes off your feet for your unholy ground kind of a concept. Mm-hmm. You can build or screw up more in a relationship on topics like this than almost any other. So true. And so you can't, you, when it comes to things like patience and empathy and, and trudging carefully with one another, boldly but carefully, you couldn't do that enough around this. No. And I'm going to, I'm going to quickly throw out, if you want an advanced empathy technique, when you start to talk about the, the sexual issues, your sexual preferences, where you want to see it go, what you're asking for. If you can pause for a minute and step back and say, I'm going to put myself right now. I'm really going to try to put myself in my wife's shoes and I'm going to try to see me through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is she hearing and seeing right now as she's looking at me as I'm voicing all of this? Yes. Whoa. You want to get a different perspective? Try to, try to see and feel and come from her place as you are trying to share what you want sexually. Yeah. Yeah. So patience and empathy, man. And, you know, and, and so, and then talking about what represents what. In, in the bedroom for you and your partner. Yes. So w- what's been going on with this? Where have we been? What, what has that experience been like for me and for you? Yes. Right? Vulnerably, openly talking about it. And this is, this could be really detailed because again, there's a lot of trauma resolution that's needed for a lot of Oof. couples in this area. Yes. Right? 
and that goes all comes that i mean i'm talking about getting really visceral like you know hey what does this position represent for you mm-hmm. for a lot of couples that's the discussion that needs to be had because for one partner it may mean something completely drastically different for the other oh yes totally different representation I'm going to get, I'm going to tell you guys, get really super vulnerable. And I finally got to the place in, in my, my recovery where I could do this with my wife. So sweetheart, tell me what you feel like when you can, when you, when you see me starting to move you into, to go to this place. Mm-hmm. Sure. Cause we do guys, you know, we do, we, we manipulate, we massage, we move, we move the, the se- sequence of events so that it will lead to, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah, And you don't think your partner senses that you don't think they know that you're trying to get it to go that direction. Well, what does that feel like for them? What, sure. what are they, what are they, what are they feeling when they know that, Oh, there he goes. He's pushing it. He's pushing it this direction. Mm-hmm. What is that for them? Yes. Right. Absolutely. That's vulnerability. Well, and you bring, and what you say brings up, you know, kind of where we're going to wrap up with this. You need to be number one, be prepared for the barriers that are going to come up for both of you because they oh, will. Oh man, this is a sensitive topic. People inherently, I don't care how vulnerable you are, are going to have defenses around this, and it's it's important to again. This is where you're going to want to let your level of safety kind of dictate how deep you go on this conversation. Yes, um, which does bring up something else that we I, maybe we mentioned, maybe we didn't, but this really ought to be an ongoing discussion, okay, and an ongoing evolution, as Mark put it. Um, this isn't going to be like when you're a kid, when your dad called you aside to have the talk. <laughs> okay. We got that out of the way, right? Now, now <laughs> yeah, we're good. Took care of that. We go right back to, you know, back to business. Because preferences and safety change over time. That's right. There may be things right now in your relationship, for example, that are not safe in the bedroom, but that may become so or vice versa, or might be preferable now, but may change. Exactly. Right. So this is an ongoing dialogue. It's an evolution. Be patient with yourselves. Know that you're not going to solve it all at once or, or just because something's not happening now, it will never happen. Yeah. Right. I've had clients. I don't want to be insensitive, but some have said, you know, come to me and said, Mark, it's just going to be the missionary position for the next 40 years of our marriage. Mm, Never going to change. And it's like, dude, come on, let's back up for a second here. Right. Yes. (laughs) And one of the other ones, you and Steve, you and I talked about, we'll hit really fast as we kind of close up. This was, this is a big one. If you get to the place where you're able to talk about this, be open, vulnerable, sensitive, empathetic, you may be engaged, quote, in the act of sex. And because you're advancing enough in your recovery and healing, you may say, we need to stop. Yeah. We need to stop right now. I'm not, I'm not feeling comfortable with this. Or I, as an addict, I'm saying, I can sense that this is taking me down the road right now. That's going back into my acting out. Yeah. So can we just put the pause button on this? Now, here's the cool part about that. If you see in that, that you need to dial down the physical intimacy, guess what you're going to dial up. You're going to dial up the emotional intimacy, Mm. the openness. You're let's talk about this right now. What just happened, right? Yeah. What were you feeling? Here's what I was feeling. And beware, addicts in recovery, here comes the moodiness, the resentment, the huff. You yes. stopped in the middle of sex. I'm going to stomp off and, and give you the silent treatment for three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> and so that's our, so our assignment to you today is 
you know, begin to open up the dialogue on this as a couple. Start with your own, getting in tune with your own sexuality and where you've been and where you'd like to go and where you are now, uh, where you've been as a couple and where you'd like to go as a couple. Start mm-hmm. to open up the dialogue. Again, gauge it according to your safety. If it isn't safe and you're not very, you're not very far down the path of recovery or healing, don't try to just one fell swoop go into this deep place because it will not turn out well. Yeah. So you just take it one little baby step at a time and mm-hmm. just begin to move in that direction. Absolutely. But open up the that. dialogue, start it going. Oh, I love that. That's great. So that's our message for you. And again, if you want far more in-depth help with this, uh, go over to uh, daretoconnectnow.com uh, because we do this three times a week with our our people over there and we get uh, we get really deep and it's really helpful. You can ask questions, get answers. Um, it's a great community we've got going over there. So we'd love yeah, to have you absolutely. try it. All right, everybody. Awesome, guys. Have um, a great week. Yep. We'll see you next time. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.